0: Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.
1: Welcome to the 67th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'm really excited to chat with a long-term member of the TARP crew, Mike Sellers. This episode will be a little bit different as I chat with a fan of the podcast as a guest for the first time. Make sure to go back and listen through the catalog, everybody. I really can't stress this enough. There's 66 other fantastic episodes with amazing people. With so many different backgrounds that work in minor league baseball, uh, they're all truly amazing and have great stories. It's time to shout out the top cities that people are listening to the podcast in this past week. Alright, the top cities that listened to the Pulling Tarp podcast this past week was Huntsville, Alabama. Toms River, New Jersey, Goldsboro, North Carolina, Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, that's right up near my hometown, New Berlin, Wisconsin, Chicago, Illinois, Charlotte, North Carolina, the Bronx, New York, and Severna Park, Maryland. Thank you to those fantastic cities that keep on listening to the Pulling Tarp Podcast. If you want an individual shout out, well, it's pretty simple on how to do that. Drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts, even if you listen on Spotify or another platform. Just go to Apple Podcasts and leave that review. That helps drive us up the charts and turns more people into members of the Tarp Crew. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at itsracoon, that's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N, for all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast. That's where you can also reach out to me to become a guest. With that being said, let's chat with Mike Sellers from the Tarp Crew. Well, I appreciate all your support, and, um, yeah, man, just, I think a lot of people's schedules were, were busy this week, so I'm glad this worked out. I, I always had in the plans to have you on, for sure.
0: least yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. When I like listening to your podcast, and I had to switch from an office job to a floor job, so I'm, I'm like, a little behind on the last couple episodes, because I used to be able to listen to it, like, as soon as it came out.
1: Oh, okay. No worries. Yeah. No yeah. worries. That, you know, it's yeah. it's not, like, a time-sensitive thing, which, you know, which yeah. is is good, I think. We, it it kind of amazes me, like, when I'm looking at the statistics, I, like, will see, like, oh, like, four people listened to this episode that I put out over a year ago, like, this past week. So, it's, like, okay. you, yeah, it's it's nice to know that people are going back and, like, listening yeah. to it. I
0: know, there was times... Uh, where I missed an episode here and there and stuff, but I'd still try going back later. Or like sometimes I know if I'm going to a, a ballpark, I may look back and see like have you interviewed someone that's worked for this team? And if I if you have, I'll go back and listen to just what they have to say about the park or the team or whatever.
1: Perfect, that's awesome. Yeah. What do you what are you sipping on tonight?
0: Uh, Jack Daniels and Mountain Dew.
1: Ooh, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: Most people are surprised when they hear that, but I'm telling you, that's if you like whiskey, you got to try it.
1: Okay, that's that sounds interesting. It sounds like it sounds like it could be one wild ride, it depending on how many you drink, though.
0: You're not wrong there. <laughs> I, uh, I've got a brother that's ten years older than me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, so we we shared rooms when we were younger. So when he was over 21, I was 11. Uh, so. By the time I was fifteen, he'd come home on the weekends, and he'd crack open some Jack Daniels, Mountain Dew, and he'd give me a swig here and there. Oh, all
1: Ever
0: right. Since then, that's my drink.
1: All right. My first beer. My first beer was at a baseball game. So was it? yeah, it was at a Williamsport Crosscutters game, and I just, I just think to myself, well, well, my first sip of beer. So I was probably like, I don't know like probably like 11, 12 and my dad got a beer and I was like I was like, "Hey, what does that taste like?" and he said, "You're not going to like it." And and I said I said, "No, come on. What does it taste like?" And he like just handed it to me and let me take a sip. And of course, I was like, yeah, that's nasty." But I'm thinking about it now. And like, you know, that was the very early 2000s. And if that happened these days, like like let's say I had a son and I took him to a baseball game, you know. There's so much things on social media now, and like you know, somebody would see that and report me for sure. Like I just yeah. I, I just think about how right. simple times were back then, you know.
0: But You're right because, like you said, there's been six cameras on you, two videos, and mm-hmm. somebody be like,
1: "What the heck's this guy doing?" Yeah, yeah, man. You got a Todd Gurley jersey hanging up behind you.
0: I do, yeah. My brother got me that. I'm a big Georgia fan. So. Oh,
1: okay. Is that a yeah. jersey from when he was with Atlanta? Uh,
0: that's the, the blackout jersey from Georgia, actually. Oh,
1: okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I hope so he gets he signed you. to a team.
0: Uh, I hope so. I running backs, their like, NFL life is so short. He, I hate to say it, but he's probably about done already.
1: I know. It's unfortunate. He he went from being like one of the best running backs in the league, to, yeah. you know, not even being signed, so. Right,
0: in a hurry. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, while he was one of the best running backs in the league, got injury issues, and I think that sped up his, his NFL career, but For sure. like I said, they're short anyway.
1: For sure, yep. You're not wrong, dude. Mike, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super excited to have you on, man. This is, you know, I was saying in the intro, this is going to be a little bit different, Um, you know. You're, you are one of the biggest minor league baseball fans, um, one of the biggest Pulling Tart podcast fans that I know of. I'm super glad to have you on. How's everything going, man?
0: I'm great. I'm excited to be on here and uh, love talking about baseball in general, but over uh, the last couple years, i even enjoyed talking about minor league baseball even more, probably. So.
1: Yeah, man. What were you doing like, to occupy your time this past season with no minor league baseball?
0: I had to get creative. So I uh, I couldn't go a full year without going to see some new ballparks. So I decided I'd start contacting some minor league employees, seeing if I could get uh, some tours of the ballpark. Okay. And I actually got pretty lucky. There were about six or seven uh, teams that were able to let me come in and show me around. And uh, it was, on one hand, it was actually kind of nicer than a ball game because I was there by myself with the employee, just a private tour, and I got to see, you know, some locker rooms and things I wouldn't have normally gotten to see. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's, it's nothing like watching a ball game either. And the you know, ball game lasted two, three hours, whereas the tour's 45 minutes or seven. so. So was. Right. But it was a not seeing thing at all. And I really enjoyed having the intelligent baseball conversations with these great baseball minds that were giving me the, the tours.
1: Yeah. Who had the best tour this past year?
0: Uh, the best actual ballpark, or like the best tour. Let's
1: like, let's go with the best tour.
0: The best tour. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a tie between uh, Bryce Valentine for the Elizabethan Twins, okay. now River Riders, and also Sam Fisher for the Asheville Tourists, who I know's been a guest on your show before.
1: Sam Fisher's a real one for sure. Yeah. She she is so creative and funny um she's a great follow on twitter honestly Um, oh
0: yeah i I follow her on there for sure however since we're down that time she's giving me the tour
1: yeah um yeah her episode is great you know it definitely doesn't disappoint um so how did you hear about the pulling tart podcast
0: i heard uh through a mutual friend i was browsing twitter and one of the people that was a guest in your show, Paul Caputo, a.k.a. Baseball and Ice Cream, mm-hmm. uh, he had just been on your show, apparently, and you know, he tweeted about it, like, i got to listen to this, and I've kind of heard of the podcast, and uh, most of the time, I-, I love trying out new podcasts, but most of the time when I hear them, I get a few minutes into it and it just doesn't grab me, and I usually it when I finish the episode, or if I do, I'm, a lot of times I don't go back to listen to the ne- other one. but sure. that one was really good, so I subscribed in a hurry, and uh, like I was saying earlier, love talking about minor league baseball. So it's good to hear a inside stories and stuff. So I've been listening to it, listening to it
1: since. All right, perfect. Well, certainly appreciate your support. Um, yeah, man, that's you know there are so many you know people like yourself you know that consider them bi- consider themselves big minor league baseball fans, but they don't understand how much work goes into bringing yeah, okay. it, bringing it to these small communities so that's kind of what i try to highlight at least um and then of yeah. course w- we are at the ballpark so much that like there's bound to be like some pretty funny stories so um that's kind of yeah what's 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 that
0: I just say baseball people in general seem to always have such good personalities too whether it's the players or the workers or the managers, or whatever. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of good stories behind the scenes.
1: That's for sure. Um, I was just having some beers at the Shorebirds game on Saturday night um, and he was asking me how the podcast was going and then that went into you know stories from Beloit um, in the clubhouse and he was just like Dude, why don't you share those on the podcast? I was like, I can't, bro. Like, <laughs> like there are some things that cannot be said to the public. Um,
0: so I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, do my imagination to fill in the blank. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, there, yeah. I, Timmy Hines. Um, he was the fir- I was just telling you, he was the first guest I had on this podcast. He has some wild stories um before like in Beloit and then before that as well and I'm sure he has more um in Greenville as well I know um do you follow the Instagram um that's minor league problems or something like that it's I feel like I do it's ran it's ran by players is yeah, it's ran by minor league baseball players. That is really, and um, I was watching it, and I saw these guys in Red Sox jerseys and hats, and um, there was just like this, like water was just pouring onto one of the guys' um, uh, lockers from the ceiling, and, and I was, and I texted Timmy, and I was like. Dude, is this in Greenville? And he said, he said, yeah, I'll call you later. And he called me. And the guys were playing this game um, where they're like hiding stuff from each other. And they hung the guys, the one guy's jersey from the sprinkler on the ceiling in the clubhouse. And he went to go take it off and like pulled the sprinkler down, and water started going everywhere. And and then it, like, w- sprayed water. Like, I guess the room right next to the clubhouse is, like, where their servers are for, like, the internet and stuff like that. And so they, like, their whole ticket system was down. Like, and he he's like, dude, I had to drop everything I was doing. And I dedicated, like, three hours of my day to making sure this stopped and that you know we got everything dried up and that we could because they were they weren't even going to be able to open gates because the ticket system was down, so it was <laughs> just like,
0: man. Actually, I'm careful with what they were, were pranked from there there on out.
1: Hmm, I'm sure of it. I I know um, in Beloit from higher up, you know the affiliate. There were there. Um, strict rules not to you know do any more pranks or anything like that
0: yeah that makes sense especially if they catch wind of a few things like that
1: Mm mhm well did you read about the um, white wall ninja from Beloit
0: I don't I, I recall the phrase the white wall ninja that the one that just like literally stands in front of like white sections on the fence yeah,
1: during so, games? So this year in Beloit, we had way more white signs in the outfield than like normal. And this guy, um, he ended up making it to the majors. I don't know if he if he's still in the majors or what. His name was Ryan Dahl. and. He basically put like a white like mask over his face, and then he would inch like during the game along the outfield wall, and make it to the other team's um, bullpen, and then you know take a sip of water from from their cooler, and then work his way back. And he did this for. I'm gonna say probably like a dozen games oh, and man. and then one one day it was like a Sunday day game, and a player hit a double off of a wall and it hit like you know like a couple inches like right next to his head, and he flinched yeah. and that's when the umpire saw him and like told him to go back to the bullpen well yeah, of course. Uh, of course, the affiliate heard about that, and you know they put the kibosh on all that
0: stuff. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that that's from to be able to get away with it that long, honestly.
1: I know. I know. It was kind of crazy. Well, let's be realistic. Like we weren't exactly lighting the world on fire as far as attendance goes. So yeah. I don't know, but no. um, oh. yep. Oh, that was-
0: I was just there at polite I liked the thing they were doing for the last season at Pullman Field and selling the naming rights for every game. So the one I was there for was called The Bob. So they yeah. had that there on the outfield wall and uh you know the announcer of the whole game was like welcome here to the Bob," and blah 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 <laughs> and it was hilarious.
1: That's so cool. Um uh, yeah. I I would love to and and let's let's put this on the airwaves. Mm-hmm. I will make a contribution if other members of the Tarp Crew would m- like to make a contribution as well. If we can get enough money, I would love to have it be um, the Pulling Tarp Podcast Park at Pullman yeah. Field or whatever. Uh, you know, basically, you know, just just advertise. That would be so. Yeah. That would be so awesome. And that
0: would be awesome. I, I, I'll chip in just to get enough to to
1: do that All right, let me see what my Venmo is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it, put it into an existence here. There you
0: go. Yeah.
1: My Venmo. They, yep.
0: They were originally gonna move into the new stadium in like June or something, I think. But now it's been like backed up to August or so.
1: Mm-hmm. My <laughs> My Venmo is Ra Coon five four nine zero. I'm putting it into existence. Yeah. I right. I doubt that we will get to 500, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. But, hey, a, if I remember correctly, it includes a handful of tickets so people that live nearby. You go into the game anyway. Yeah. Get themselves a ticket.
1: I have I have friends that still live there, so so let's do this thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. What platform do you listen to the Pulling Tart podcast most on?
0: Uh, I always listen to it on the Apple.
1: Uh, okay. uh, podcast, right? Yeah. Um, I usually listen to my podcasts on Spotify, but
0: I, I always hear people talking about the Spotify one. I'm always in my mind like, pop to check that one out. But just whenever I'm ready to boot for podcast, I just go straight to my Apple, and right? I can just listen to it
1: so. well apple allows you to um comment and and rate on the podcast so like that's obviously great for for me because the more ratings we get the higher we go up on the charts and stuff like that it makes it easier yeah. for people to find us so True. big fan of apple Podcasts for sure yeah
0: well, it's going kind to of grow in this episode, So I, I told a couple of my friends I was going to be on it tonight, So I know, and I'll have a few new listeners for this episode.
1: Great. That's what that's what we're here
0: for, man. Perfect.
1: How did you become such a big fan of minor league baseball?
0: You know what? I, uh, so I've been a baseball fan in general my whole life, but when I was younger, I was actually a bigger football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, And then when I became an adult, my work asked me to join this recreational softball league. So uh, just playing even softball, I started feeling more like the ins and the outs and and started paying way more attention to baseball in general. And before long, I was road tripping to all these major league parks with my brother. And uh, there's only so many of those you can go to. Mm -hmm. So once once we had seen all of them in the eastern part of the country... I got bored waiting to go for the next one, so I'm like, you know, this playing minor league parks. I'll start seeing some of these. So I started doing that, and that obviously the parks are not as nice as the major league parks, but the experience is way more fun. Sure. And I, I love baseball so much that I follow it closely, and even like a lot of the prospects. I'm constantly looking at like MLB Pipeline's top hundred prospect list and the team's top thirties. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, yeah, I've never had a minor league game. The experience is more fun. It's cheaper to get right behind home plate. You actually can talk to the players, catch a foul ball. Mm-hmm. And because I pay such close attention to the game, I actually know a lot of these players anyway, so I don't even feel like oh, this is just nobody's. Uh, so, yeah, I just loved it so much, and then realized there's so many teams all over, uh there's way more options to go to games. So I just started doing that even more than the major league ones and just love it more and more every time.
1: yeah. I have I mean, clearly I'm a little biased, but I've always been a bigger fan of minor league baseball than major league baseball. I grew up going to Williamsport Cubs and Crosscutters games. Um, my parents literally live two minutes away from the ballpark. Um, That's
0: awesome.
1: Yeah, so just like, you know, having that um, presence in the community and that involvement, like, just really hit... It close to home for me. And then, um, I, clearly, I fell in love with working in baseball and moved to Beloit, Wisconsin. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, the Beloit Snappers are the biggest deal there. Like, yeah, we, we didn't like, sell out every game Um, and stuff like that, but it was, I mean, we had such a presence on the community. It was awesome. Yeah. I think if I would have grown up, that
0: close to a minor league one, I would have been more into it right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I know uh, a year or two ago, I got the opportunity to throw out the first pitch at a Williamsport game. Ooh. And uh, yeah. So uh, my brother and I road really tripped there, and uh, we got there you know, an hour early. And I loved that town because of all those little league fields everywhere. Yeah. So we got there an hour early. We literally just walked onto some of those fields and just tossed the ball, uh, warmed me up for my first pitch and uh, we were like we didn't have much time as far as like to spend days there but we were like we gotta come back here sometime this is literally a baseball town
1: yeah so you probably met my boss and former guest on this podcast Gabe Sinecropi.
0: Uh he's
1: he's the on-field MC
0: was it? oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's right
1: yeah. Yep. yeah so he he is a baseball lifer he has so many great stories like it's unreal um, but I mean the city of Williamsport is just be, like baseball central you know um, yeah. my grandfather grew up a couple houses down from the guy that invented Little League that like oh, wow. came up with it Carl Stoats yes. is his name and oh, wow. and yeah my grandpa was was you know good friends with him and grew up with him and then you know, he started, you know, there was, I think there were six teams in Williamsport, and now it's this big international, you yeah. know, thing. So that's really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I like how they, the MLB plays a game there every year. Um, when I threw out the first pitch, it was like a week after the game in 2019. And then, so the game had mm. just happened there. Yeah. In 2020, it didn't play there. So I've been wanting like, so much to, to watch that game on TV after having been there. And I got to see it yet but, uh, Right yeah, I'm excited for
1: that Did you meet my friend Rashawn They uh, You Trust me You would know If you met him
0: Okay No I didn't meet him
1: He He is the Their Director of Smiles And really? um Yeah Cause So he'll like Usually host um, Like What's in the Box um, Which is one of their Promotions And Trust me You'd, you'd know If you if you met okay. Rashawn So Yeah Okay. I wanna go
0: back off and make a point to to try meeting him.
1: Yep, for sure. He's been there forever. Like since he was a teenager, and now he's really? now I think he's in his forties, so he's been he's been there forever.
0: That's another one of those things about baseball has been how the announcers or workers or whatever when they stay working in the same especially when it's the same team for so long like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gabe, Gabe has been there ever since the Crosscutters have been there. Because um, he moved with the team from Geneva, New York to Williamsport. So, he's been nice. there. He's been there a minute, too. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you do for a living that you are able to attend so many minor league games and go on all these trips and stuff?
0: I get that question a lot, because People are thinking, kind of like, "Yeah, have you afford all these trips? Like, are you a millionaire or something?" <laughs> and, uh, I, I actually just work at a local manufacturing company, but uh, the key is I'm pretty thrifty with uh, saving my money for things like this. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm thrifty with my road trips. Like, I'll uh, I'll get the most bang for my buck. I'll I'll schedule a three or four day road trip where I see at least one park every day. Sometimes more than one. Okay. I uh, I'm always road tripping, so it's a little cheaper than. Taking planes and stuff. Okay, sure. I, as often as I can, I try to get, like, a road trip partner to help split gas costs, hotel costs. And sometimes even, like, when I go to North Carolina, I have some friends that live there that let me stay with them. So, save money on hotels then, too. So, it's just kind of a a combination of things like that. And like we were saying earlier, minor league games are cheaper anyway. So, it's it's really not as uh, expensive as people... And sometimes, if it's willing to drive for these things, and that if it's like within three, years, I'll go there same day and if I have to spend up money on a hotel. Yep.
1: Right, right. That makes sense. Definitely. Yeah, that's awesome, so dude. That, so
0: how the combination of things like that? Like,
1: how do you get enough vacation time to do these trips?
0: Uh. But, I've been with the same company for ten years, so I worked up to three vacation, three weeks of vacation, and they also have this uh, option there where you can, like, quote unquote, buy a week of vacation. Basically, you're just taking an extra week off without pay. Okay. But uh, you can spread it out over the year where it doesn't seem like you're uh, missing your pay. Okay. So I get basically four weeks of vacation, and. I love baseball so much, so I really don't take vacations unless it's for baseball trips. Right, and then I'll also try. Uh, I always try combining it with the weekends. So this is a strict Monday through Friday job. Yep, so I always just take just a Friday off, or, or Friday and Monday maybe, and uh, so I can go on a lot of them. Just I just combine it with the weekends.
1: Okay, makes sense, dude. I'm I'm super jealous, man.
0: <laughs> well, I my need... friends told me uh, a while ago to like do this traveling and stuff before you're married and have kids and have all these obligations and responsibilities because they're like, you're not going to be able to do nearly as much when that happens.
1: Well, that's one of the reasons I don't work in baseball anymore, so I totally get it. Yeah, Uh,
0: yeah, even the brother I was telling you about, uh, I I went on these major league trips with, that's one of the reasons why I got bored waiting for more major league trips is he got married, so Uh, now he's... Way less available for going on these with me. Makes That's why I sense. I'm in the gaps with the minor league, so, and I guess something good came from it. But.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
0: <laughs> That's really. Yeah.
1: Um, so, what has been your favorite episode so far of the Pulling Tart podcast?
0: I think it's close to a three way tie. All right. But if I absolutely had to pick one, it would be the one that got me, introduced me to it with Paul Caputo and the uh, base, uh, baseball and ice cream, Ooh, But yeah. we're just ever so slightly right behind there is the one with Sam Fisher and the one with Eric Peanut, guy. I love listening to him talk. He's just always so happy and he is. It just makes me happy just listening to him.
1: I know. Good. He is such an upbeat guy. Like, like no wonder he has a um, a bobblehead statue of him oh gosh, right? at the I stadium. I
0: that part just because to see that bobblehead and meet
1: him. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean... Dude, he is enshrined right there with Russell Westbrook, or Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, sorry. We're in the middle of the NBA playoffs. The Sixers are playing, the Wizards. Um, So Russell Westbrook's on my mind, but um, Uh, Russell Wilson, yeah. They'll forgive you. Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: Um, Yeah, no, no, for real. I was uh, one time on Twitter, I don't remember who it was, but some of the people I followed said something about having a Eric the Peanut Guy signed trading cards. Apparently that was like a giveaway or something. Mm-hmm. And a side like responded I was like well I want an Eric the Peanut Guy signed autograph card. So he DM'd me and uh, asked for my address and he literally sent me a, a signed That
1: card. is so, That is awesome and also not surprising because he like he, like I said he's just such an upbeat guy and he seems just like willing to help out The community, the team, you know, no matter, you know, no matter what, really.
0: Right. I think he'd give you the show off his back if you needed it. Yeah,
1: for sure. Great guy. And that was a great episode as well. I haven't done a whole lot of West Coast interviews because of the time difference. And, you know, like, I'm doing this outside of my 830 to 5 job. Um, yeah. so trying to make it make it work um, and then also with the season actually you know I started this in February of 2020 and then you know just uh, amazingly everybody was so available for over a year yeah. to do interviews right. and yeah. now and now it's a little bit tougher um, with people's schedules but yeah I didn't
0: even think about that that does. Does make sense that uh, yeah, might might have to start finding some former employees then or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got I got plenty of them that I that I can reach out to. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what do you like most about the Pulling Tart podcast? I think it's that uh, I've for years
0: now I've been interested in uh, trying to work my way into a job in minor league baseball. And like most people that haven't done it, they probably think it's, you know, sunshine and roses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the phrase I've learned most since listening to your podcast is uh, other duties as a sign. <laughs> and yep. love seeing the people I follow that work in minor league baseball when they tweet something about that. Uh, so, I mean, it hasn't deterred me from wanting a job in there still, but it has better prepared me if I ever get lucky enough to do it to... To have yeah, more reasonable expectations for what what'll happen from
1: them. Right, um, some organizations are are better than others about that, but um, yeah, other duties as a assigned is a real thing, and like things just pop up, and you know you just got to deal with it. Um, right. You know, a couple a couple things I remember. Um, our pump our like sump pump in the uh home dugout in Beloit went out and it was completely filled and we had like a bucket brigade um that like to empty it out. Um and then I remember one time like during like pregame, like when gates opened, like the internet started like went down and we the whole ticket system went down so I had to like Fix that, like, didn't do any of my pregame reads because I was the PA announcer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Hanging up all the outfield signs in Beloit um, t- into walls that were wooden that have been drilled so many times, like, there's not a, Like, you can't even get a screw through. Really? Like, you you can poke the screw through, like, with your finger.
0: <laughs>
1: like a tap? Yeah, it's... Um, just so many things. I remember, um, a couple of my buddies and I, we went out on the town, and, um, one of my buddies was the groundskeeper, and so he's obsessed with weather, clearly, and, um, you know, bars were, were closing, and he was like, we gotta get to the stadium, we gotta put the tarp on the field, and we were we were all a few more than a few drinks deep and um you know it was two o'clock in the morning and we're putting the tarp on the field um mm. just those are a few things that are other duties as a sign like right. i i don't even have time to go through like beloit i should just be called like other duties as a sign honestly <laughs> um but whew. speaking of what beloit should be called
0: any uh, other five new finalists
1: that you're hoping mm. they name the team? I really did like the Supper Clubbers because it was so unique to that region. Um, I don't know how much time you've spent in Wisconsin, but su- Supper Clubs are awesome. And I'll really? I'll explain like what they are, basically. So... Um, One of my Clients that was um, You know a sponsor In Beloit It was called the Butterfly Club And so You go there And you go to this. They have a humongous bar You go there you mm-hmm. sit at the bar And then like you have a drink or two And then they seat you And it's like you know kind of like family style Sitting or whatever And like they make home cooked meals like they'll have fresh fish fries they'll have like chicken specials they'll you know steak specials um but yeah it's just like kind of like a social thing um so um the team president um of Beloit who he's a partner in the new ownership group, I believe, Dennis Connerton, he had a group that, like, went to different supper clubs, like, every week, okay. like, on Tuesday or Wednesday nights. Him and, like, a bunch of, like, other, like, older gentlemen would go mm-hmm. to different supper clubs, and then, nice. you know, it's, it's just, like, a, a thing in Wisconsin. I yeah. can't really, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's, yeah. it's more of a social gathering and like you know mixed with you know having some drinks and good food and it's just i don't know really how to yeah. explain it but they're pretty cool that's what
0: i love about my league baseball i would rather name rather the team name themselves something that's maybe less snazzy per se but is specific to their region yeah i'd much rather have that especially a generic you know just the wild cats or whatever oh yeah um, for sure yeah. See I know about
1: the supper Clubbers, so I was I was kinda of rooting for the Moo. Ooh. See, well there's a team in Nebraska, an independent team that's called the Moo, so I feel like it's already been done before. And then um, you have the um, Timber Rattlers who are the Utter Tuggers for like a series uh, a year. Yeah.
0: So I didn't think about that one. Yeah. Um yeah. I think any of those
1: finalists except cheese balls was was pretty decent. I think that one's uh, cheesy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure, dude. I yeah, I'm I'm rooting for the supper clubbers. I don't I don't know. I I'm really okay with with whatever. As you know, they're getting a new stadium. Um, shout out, you know, um, we would from all of us. Well, me, um, I'm the only person. Who runs the Pulling Tart Podcast. But um, from the Pulling Tart Podcast, we wish uh, a speedy recovery for Quint Studer, the new owner of the Boy Snappers, and he's also the owner of the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. He was actually riding his bike in Pensacola, and um, I think he was coming home from a Blue Wahoos game and got struck by a car. Um, yeah, so. Did not hear that. Yeah, I, th- I think he's okay from his Instagram. He made it sound like he's just got to take it easy for a little while, but goodness gracious, enough to scare the living daylights out of that. you.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. I will say, when I was at Beloit just recently, uh, I was with my brother and a friend, and we were actually making a point how, how nice all the employees were there like, you're going out of their way to offer if they could help. And even as you are walking through, like, thanks so much for coming. Relieve the same thing. know, yeah, like, uh, have a good night. Thanks so much for, for coming for a game and all that. And so that was nice.
1: That is nice. I, I will say this. The people in the Midwest are super nice. Like, I can't really, like, they're just polite. They're nice. They'll do anything for you. Um, I loved my time in the Midwest, Beloit has you know at the time at least had a lot to be desired um, but I, the people the people were were extremely nice um, could have been a little bit better you know I was a single guy back then it could have been better on the lady front it, to be quite yeah. frank but yeah um, it is what it is you know
0: right yeah. it worked out well for you yeah
1: sure sure did but yeah. let's see here I was surprised,
0: like, literally how, like, close the ballpark was to just the neighborhood right there.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of freaky. Like, you're, you're, like, really in a neighborhood. Um, Yeah, literally. Yep, it's, it's kind of crazy. And then, like, parking is free because they use the fire department's parking lot. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's, it's a whole ordeal. I don't know if you listened to the one episode, but I... I had to call Greg Vaughn to get his um, approval to do a bobblehead of him, and so I was I was chatting with him for a couple minutes, and he he asked me. He said, um, "Do the players still get changed at the uh, ice arena that's next door?" And I was like, "No, I didn't even know that was a real thing." Yeah. And then somebody explained to me that they added on, like, the office and the clubhouses, like, you know, maybe, I don't know, probably, like, 20 years before, um, you know, when I left. But, yeah, back in Greg Vaughn's day, the clubhouses were at the ice arena that's next door, and the players
0: walked over, yeah. Wow. I did not not know that one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... Do you have any ideas, as a diehard listener, on how to make the podcast better?
0: Um, I would think, what about, uh, one idea I had was, if you just had like a second segment, you know, like have the majority of your podcast be in the interview with whoever the guest is, but if you had either before or after that, I don't even know what it would be per se, but some sort of annual 10-minute segment of just some complete other subject. Uh, and wouldn't exactly okay. the same thing every time. Um, but just a second, a second little section for people to look forward to.
1: Okay. So I feel like in... So I'm going to defend myself a little bit, but I, I do like that idea. Uh, don't get me wrong. So, and I feel like I have done that with a couple of guests. Um, like, I know... My friend Emmett Ackerman and I, um, he was a clubhouse manager, and he worked with me in Beloit and Delmarva, and we did the Mount Rushmore of unwritten baseball rules, Um, and then Adam Marco and I did a top five of sports comedies.
0: And now that you mention it, you even the one
1: with Paul Caputo I think he did at least I think you both did like top 5 minor league logos yes we did do that um so and and I'm gonna put this out there the more interesting your bio is on the website like Mm -hmm. the more I have to go off of so and like the more active people are on social media also the more I have to go off of so yeah. and the more interesting it gets. So there, there are a couple people who have been guests on the podcast that that don't have Twitter, and I'm just like, okay, like it, you know, I and I get like why people aren't on social, like they're too busy, right. whatever. But yeah, yeah. The the more information that I can find out about you, the more we can go off of. Like like let's say like you know, we could do, you know what, I, I, if you're game for it, I am, we could do like a top five of, uh, minor league baseball parks, you know, what, oh, whatever.
0: Absolutely. I have my, my, my ballpark ranking system where I do that anyway, so Ooh. I, I have a handy list and I could just pull right up. All
1: right, I just see, okay, we can, we can do this, I think. Yeah. I. I've been to my fair share, so all right. Pull it, pull the list out. Let's do it.
0: Give me just a second here. All are we right. talking specifically minor leagues?
1: Um, I'll accept Collegewood Bat League. I'll I'll accept indie ball. All right, and I'll. Let, are we gonna do a a draft
0: or? Uh, sure, I got. It. Got more than five if I need it. So. All right.
1: All right. You can go first. You're the guess. Okay.
0: So we're going first to fifth or...
1: Mm-hmm. For drafting, we should
0: probably do it that way.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Yep. Okay. All
0: right. Number one happened from what was BB&T ballpark at the time I was there. That's now truest Field, I believe. But the Charlotte Knights couldn't get okay. like any better than that backdrop right there. And the structure of the building the stadium itself is... Pretty awesome as well. Okay.
1: That backdrop's amazing. Okay, I have not been to any AAA games. Now that I think yeah. about it, yeah. So I've never I've never lived near a big market like that. So, okay. Um, I and I haven't seen a game there, but I'd like to. I'm gonna go with. Uh, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs.
0: That one looks so good and I'm actually going to see it in a couple of weeks, but I have not seen that one yet. Okay. I'm excited for that one, yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, my next choice, I'm going to take one I was just at is uh, Modern Woodman Park for the Quad Cities. Ooh. Uh, same on the backdrop there. Not only the Ferris wheel, but that uh, Centennial Bridge right there. Mm-hmm. It's uh, amazing. And uh, even... Just the ballpark itself, again, the structure, it's a full wraparound concourse, got a lot of uh, of elements
1: that I'm really impressed. Okay. I will go with... I'm going to go with the Dayton Dragons.
0: I like it. I like it. Yeah. Get a little local pride there for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, my next one here is I'm going to go with Parkview Field for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Okay. There's a lot to love about that one. It's brand new. I
1: heard really good things about it before I ever made it out there, and it did not disappoint when I made it. Okay. I am going to go with um, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers.
0: I have not been there, that one. That's a so, good one. It's... That mean unique features that are
1: really special about it. So that was the first stadium that I saw that had a wraparound concourse. So that was cool. Yeah. Um their like kids area is um like boardwalk themed. So there's like sand and stuff out there. Um and then like they just had like bars like you know, throughout the stadium, like drink rails and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Del Marva has since, I don't want to say like copied that, but like they have since, yeah. you know, added the wraparound concourse with the drink rails and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just they they also have a great like which was honestly super surprising because so you know from listening to other episodes I'm a big cheesesteak connoisseur, right? And yeah. they had a Philly cheesesteak stand at the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. And honestly, yeah. it was probably the best one I ever had like while I was living in the Midwest.
0: Um, so I'll have to, if I might make it out there. I'll have to make sure I try one of them. But and... yeah. I've been trying lately to get more daring on what I eat there. The, well, the first so many I went to, I was just like, I'll just get a cheeseburger or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now I always look for something unique. Not every team has one, but what they do, yeah, I, I try to give it a whirl. I really want to try the, the Cotton Candy Nerd Hot Dog from Erie. Have you had that?
1: I have not had it, um, but I would try it,
0: honestly. Oh, yeah, I've, I've been looking forward to it for years. I had a couple of my friends that Talked to about that, and they're like that just sounds disgusting, man. And I'm like, maybe it will be. I don't know, but I, I want to try it. Yeah, sounds good to me.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, Wisconsin Timber Rattlers.
0: Right, I'm gonna go with for my number four. I'm gonna go with what is now First Horizon Park. It was First Tennessee Park when I was there for the mm-hmm. Nashville Sounds. Uh, I'm probably a little biased because Nashville's like my favorite city in the world. But the right- stadium too.
1: rightfully so.
0: Yeah. The the, main, the best part of that part for sure is the guitar shaped scoreboard. Mm-hmm. But everything there is like so spacious. They have a uh, the band box they put in right field, which is like a bar area with great drinks. They have literally uh, mini mini golf there in the park. Okay, uh, I'm a big country music fans, so they play country music all over the loudspeakers, and that's just it's, uh, easy to love.
1: Um, so I just bought tickets. You may or may not know who this is, but he's he's from this area. So um, I'm in southern Delaware. Um, I just bought tickets to a Jimmy Allen concert. Do you know who yeah, he is?
0: Yeah, newer country artist. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So he is actually he him and like some other like lesser known um, country guys, and then DJ Jazzy Jeff. So, yeah, so he's, like, having his own, like, little, like, um, you know, kind of music festival, like, right, right here, like, 20 minutes away from me, so I'm super Uh, pumped about that. Um, let's see, my number four... And you can say what you will about this place, but, like, the options, like, for food and beverage are really, like, endless, um... The baseball is good. The field is not that great. The stadium itself isn't super great. The Madison
0: Mallards. Okay, I've not seen them yet either. Um, yeah. I'm really familiar with who you, you're talking about. Yeah.
1: A but, uh, ton of craft beers, um, which is awesome. The They're always super competitive because of, like, you know. It's a Collegewood Bat League team, and who doesn't want to spend the summer in Madison, Wisconsin? You know, out of, out of like that whole league, like of course you're going to choose to go to Madison rather than Rockford, or right. rather than rather than Green Bay. You know, yeah. so um, yeah, Madison Mall is great time. For sure, I'll have to add that to my list. Then uh, I just. Uh...
0: I've gone like one step at a time. Like, I first was only watching major league parks. Then I went down to minor league parks. Then a couple years ago, I went down to NCAA. Well, this year, I just started the collegiate summer league. I've okay. only seen one so far, but uh, but yeah, that's now in my uh, on my to do list is adding those ones.
1: All right.
0: Uh, for my number five, I'm going to pick uh, Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Ooh. this. right. One that's, uh, first of all, there's the famous bull sign, of course, Mm -hmm. but but just uh, the surrounding area is really cool, for one, and like, you walk into it, and like, the structure on the outside, it looks like a a mini Major League Park, and the inside is is really cool, uh, as well.
1: Okay. I have not been to that one, um, man, that sounds cool, though. What? Yeah, you should
0: definitely check that one out sometime.
1: I think... And I'm gonna I'm a little biased at this one as well um, I'm going to go with historic Bowman field in Williamsport Pennsylvania uh, home of the little League or home of the Little League World Series which is like 10 minutes down the road but home of the Williamsport crosscutters um, who are in the new MLB draft league um, but growing up they were a Cubs affiliate a Pirates affiliate and a Phillies affiliate. Um, just, I was telling you, um, you know, my my first sip of beer was at that stadium. Um, yeah. That's where I fell in love with working in baseball. Um, you know, I have some funny stories from, from working there. Um, yeah. You know, it was just a great summer, honestly. Yeah. Baseball, that's one of the things baseball's about is memories. and With, with ballparks
0: specifically, there is, I have, like, that ballpark ranking system I was talking about, but uh, even that can only do so much. There's still something about just ones that you just you know, like, and you can't necessarily well the exact part of it.
1: Yeah, the stadium is super old, and they've, of course, they've, you know, remodeled it and stuff like that. Um, but you can still tell that the stadium is over 100 years old. And, yeah. like, yeah, they're not going to blow you out of the water with, you know, their food and beverage options... Or, um, you know, a video board. They don't even have a video board. Like, it's... Yeah. You know, I think they're putting one in. Um I mean, Yeah, but... Um, it's just... It's straight to the point. Like, there's not a bad seat in the house. Like, it is baseball central. You know. Yeah, so, I, that's that is, why I love it.
0: There's something about, like, old ballparks. Now, I've been to some... Uh, a lot of Major League ones, too. And uh, I'm not a big fan of Wrigley Field. Because that just feels old and like yeah. run down whereas Fenway Park is near the top of my list that feels old and classy so yeah the, if you can make it work to where it feels charming like that I like an old ballpark but yeah you gotta uh you gotta avoid making it feel just like it's just plain old and yeah Williamsport they did a good job of uh, making it feel more of a classy old than just old yeah
1: yeah all right so does that conclude our top five
0: I believe it does. All right. Yeah.
1: Perfect. That was pretty good. Like impromptu. Oh, for
0: sure. Sometimes that's the best uh, best conversations. I know. So what have you learned from the
1: podcast that you didn't know before?
0: Um, uh, what I've learned most is kind of actually probably what we touched on earlier about the other duties as assigned, mm-hmm. and uh, just the how the minor league uh, life isn't all sunshine and roses. And even though I get the feeling that people in it want it to trade it for the world, but you got to have those expectations of it's not just – Watching baseball games and keeping baseball stats and right. playing walk-up songs and meeting players and there's a lot more to it. And uh, I've definitely, over the course of the year plus that I've been listening to the podcast, learned that. And uh, like I said, if I ever get, uh, get into it, I'll have more reasonable expectations now. So I definitely learned that from it.
1: Yeah. Well, just let me know if you have any questions. Um, you know, clearly I spent eight years. In minor league baseball with three different organizations so um and it depends on you know what organization you're in but it um the um the take-home pay isn't like blowing you out of the water by any stretch (laughs) of the imagination um so um and and it's the long hours and stuff like that but but clearly you know there is there's something you know romantic about it that yeah. it's it's the camaraderie with the rest of the front office. Um, yeah, you know, I think so I had like six or seven groomsmen in my wedding, and half of them were ones that I met working in minor league baseball. So oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. I just, I just went to the Shorebirds game on Saturday night and um, two of my buddies, they don't work for the team anymore either, and we were just sitting there, you know, th- you know, throwing back beers and stuff like that and watching the game and just talking about old times, so. Yeah. I feel like i got what I refer to as, like, my Twitter family of a bunch of people that I've either literally never
0: met or people that, like, some of those uh, minor league employees that gave me tours of the park where I didn't meet them the one time. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, those people are like super nice, and I, I love chatting with them and uh, just talking to them about minor league baseball, or just following what they're saying about minor league baseball. And, yeah, they, they all seem uh, seem like a good time.
1: Oh yeah, there there are people like you know clearly that I haven't met. Like I've only Zoom called with them. You know, you you yourself and you know, a, you know, obviously over the past year, a ton of people who I you know, I feel like austin shares like you know a, a decent friend of mine and like i've never met him before like right. um i am the delaware ambassador for the otterbots the danville otterbots um oh, yeah. so i've been on, on the Ohio ones. yeah i i'm uh you know i've done a zoom call with him for that and then he was on my podcast and um yeah i mean like And he's always chiming in on something on Twitter. Um, So, and then you know, like Sam Fisher just has like one of those personalities, like where everybody's her friend, you know. So, um, have you tried
0: her uh, what I call the Sam Fisher special with the waffles and ice cream?
1: Yes, it's amazing.
0: Yes, I I was looking forward to that for months after I first heard about it. When I finally tried it, it did not disappoint. Yeah, that's. By the end, you might be a little sugared out, but.
1: That's legit. That's it. worth it. If if somebody doesn't bring that to a ballpark, I mean, like, <laughs> right. come on. Like, what are, what are we even doing? Sam, for real, make that happen in yeah. Asheville. For real.
0: Absolutely. I'll I'll be first in line to get me one of them at a ballpark.
1: Yep, exactly. All right. Let's yeah, I love, see. Uh, uh, I
0: especially love listen listening to your podcast when it is someone like Paul or Eric or one of the people that, that did give me the tour of a ballpark because I feel like I know him, so I'm kind of extra excited to listen to those podcasts because it feels you know, like a, a legit friends right uh,
1: yeah Paul's good people man oh man yeah. when he really bailed me out that one night um, I mean, and and Beloit it was my so it was my second year there but my first year. I was the director of food and beverage, which I had no business being the director of food and beverage. I interviewed for the director of media relations and marketing position, which my background, you know, was, was geared towards. But during the interview, it came up that I had been a garbage man. And with my dad, my dad owns his own company in Pennsylvania. So every summer and winter break, I was a garbage man. And so, you know, basically that came up in the interview. It really hit home to them that um, I was a really really hard worker. You know that kind of stuff. Um, Wasn't afraid to get dirty. Um, Yeah. So they really just needed somebody to be the director of food and beverage. So I. I took it like a dummy, um, but but then the person that was the director of media relations and marketing had uh, gotten let go, and so I was the only person that knew how to update the website and that kind of stuff, knew how to use Photoshop, um, you know, put stuff on social media, that kind of stuff. So I kind of just transitioned. To the director of media relations and marketing, yeah. And, sometimes you just to get your foot in the door. Yeah, and then um, the first night we were doing like the tickets guy like wanted me to use this certain laptop, and then you know, and then I don't know, it it got messed up that I didn't have "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" on the laptop, and okay. Paul was. In the press box because I had given him a press credential, and okay. he, so he was in the press box. It was April opening night in Wisconsin, super yeah. cold, and yeah. it there's two outs left um, in the top of the seventh, and you know we're about ready to do the seventh inning stretch, and I said to myself like, oh shit, I can't I can't find take me out to the ball game, and he goes. <laughs> Do you want me to sing it? And I was like, Yeah. Uh if you could, that would be fantastic. And oh, he's wow. and so he looked he looked up the um the lyrics on his phone just to like double check himself. Yeah. And I introduced him and he sang it and he really bailed me out opening night. Two thousand awesome. What year was that? Two thousand fourteen.
0: Okay, so that, uh, that's really awesome especially such spur of the moment last second I know yeah you, you would have been in a real pickle otherwise
1: mm-hmm. that's for sure yeah that's, that's cool <laughs> so what do you want to see from the Pulling Tart Podcast moving forward
0: I'd like to see uh, at some point maybe if you in addition to having the audio podcast if you had like videos available on YouTube sometime yeah. I know, another one of the podcasts I listen to, the Let's Get Two one, I listen mm. to it on audio a lot, but it's got that YouTube option, so sometimes if I've got that as an option, I'll be like, I'll just, I'll turn it on, It's kind of cool, seeing the graphics and, uh, you know, obviously the video as well and stuff.
1: Right. If I can ever get to the point where I can make the podcast, like, my job, which mm-hmm. I don't anticipate... It ever, ever being that way. But if somehow, you know, if this got picked up by, you know, a, a bigger uh, media company and they wanted me to, you know, do a YouTube channel and, you know, yeah. really, really, like, go all in and make this my full-time job, absolutely. I want to do a YouTube feed. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. if time allowed, I certainly would. It's yeah. just, you know, I, I still have to rely on my eight thirty 30 to 5 job, unfortunately. Right. Uh, um, that makes
0: sense. I'm, I'm sure even just the audio version takes up a lot
1: of time. Yeah, it, it does to an extent. So, like, I usually spend about 45 minutes to an hour. Once I, once I book a guest, you know, researching them and coming up with questions... And then, you know, usually about an hour of recording, give or take, and then that same amount of time plus a little bit to edit. So exactly. we're talking roughly about three, three and a half hours of my quote unquote free time.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. That's not too bad then for getting the opportunity to talk with all these people. Well. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's it's terrible. And um my wife up in well, as of right now, she's a labor and delivery nurse. So she works nights, weekends, um that kind of stuff. So it kind of allows me to have, you know, more yeah. free time to do that kind of yeah. stuff. She is starting a normal like 8:30 to 4:30 job. Um, mm-hmm. Still within healthcare, but um, so I'll have to work my um, my interviews and editing and stuff around that a little bit, but I um, yeah. should still be able yeah. to do it for sure.
0: Yeah, for, for sure. Like I said, especially if it's three to four hours a week, that's just you count adding that to like a 40 hour a week job, then it's not, not terrible.
1: Well, yeah, I'm used to working in minor like baseball where like. <laughs> A hundred hour a week is is right. nothing, you know.
0: Yeah, well, probably uh, doing this for baseball is kind of a labor of love, I'm sure, to some point.
1: Absolutely, you're. Yeah, that's. I couldn't say it any better, honestly. <laughs> All right, so we do have some listener questions. Okay. All right, this one's from Greg Swartz. I'm assuming you know him.
0: I, I do know him. Yeah. All right. He's a good guy.
1: Top five favorite Detroit Tiger players of all time, and why?
0: He you knows I'm a big Tigers fan, so I'm <laughs> sure that's why you specifically uh, picked them. The well, Tigers have a, a deep history, but I'm still going to go with just the recent guys that have been there since I've been watching them. Uh-huh. Uh, number one, easily, Miguel Cabrera. And the why would be simply put would be that's why I became a Tigers fan in the first place is because of Miguel Cabrera. All right. Uh, number two would be uh, Justin Verlander. I loved uh, you know Tigers were pretty good for a while, seven eight years ago, and had a lot of good pitchers. But he was still the one that you can always count on every start. And it was as a baseball fan, it's so nice and to have that one at least that one person you can start on. Count that you know you're going to get a good start from every time mm-hmm. and uh, he was absolutely that guy uh, I was actually glad for him when they traded them because they were clearly going downhill and I wanted him to get a World Series so but he ended up getting that I mean it's sad to see him go but I was like this is, this is good for him yep um, but the last three I kind of pinpoint in order but I'm going to say who the three are one is uh, Jose Iglesias He's so underrated, and I love the way he played, with, like, the, the swagger he played with. He's one of the best defense players I've ever seen, and I uh, didn't get credit for it. I don't know how he never won a gold glove. Huh. And people acted like he wasn't even a good hitter, when in reality, he wasn't a pretty good hitter. He just wasn't hitting home runs. So okay. So he's, so he's batting two ninety, three hundred, 300 stealing 10 bases. Right. So, uh, yeah, he was just so much fun to watch. Um. Then Victor Martinez, uh, one, of, one of my favorite memories about him was once uh, he had gotten older in his career, and was just a DH. The Tigers had started a season in Miami, so the DH was unavailable. So the first two uh, games of the year, he only came in to pinch hit, I think both times in the ninth inning. Okay. And both times did a home run. And I'm pretty sure it was even once from the right side of the, the plate and once from the left side. And I was like, "This, is, this is awesome." Because already okay. wasn't in the lineup in the first place,
1: right? Um,
0: and last, I would probably say Ian Kinsler. Like when the when they traded the Fielder for him, I was I was a little unsure. I was, it was nice to get rid of that Fielder contract. I knew Kinsler was good. But I was a little unsure, but it only took a year a year or so when I all of a sudden was like Kinsler becoming kind of one of my favorite Tigers. I just love the way he played. Uh, he was a very reliable. Offense, defense, uh, great addition. I loved having him out there. Okay. I wanted to put Casey Mize in that list. He's just not quite been there long enough. I feel like he's been there longer because I'm so excited when they drafted him and I've followed along his minor league career. But uh, Okay. I'll give him one more year and I'll put him in that list.
1: All right. Honorable mention. Got it. All Honorable right. mention, yes. Okay. And then um, he also asked, what can we expect – or when can we expect Mike Sellers to start his own podcast, and what would he name it?
0: I've, I've, talked, I've considered doing a podcast for a while now. Uh, my brother and I considered doing one years ago, and we still talk about it every now and then, like we should do it together. Um, he's not as big of a baseball fan as I am. He's more of a sports fan, so he wants to do like a sports one in general, whereas I'm thinking baseball-specific. Um, so... No timetable set for that, but hopefully hopefully soon I'll get that. Not not entirely sure what the name is yet, but I want it to be some sort of baseball pun. Okay. And if I get really clever, it'll be something that can kind of be a pun used for podcasting, you know, like the word talk or something like that in there. Okay. And also like a baseball meaning or or something like that. But All right. I haven't figured out a definite name yet.
1: Alright, I gotcha. And then we had somebody so they texted um, the number that, I, that I've made, two o two seven nine six tarp And the question is, what types of amenities or features do you value the most when visiting both minor league and major league stadiums? Okay. Um, the two things I look
0: for most is obviously just the structure in general. Like, when I do my ranking system, that's what has has the most weighted value. But personally, I'm really looking more for the backdrop. Like, that's what really does it to me for a ballpark. Um, For minor leagues specifically, one thing that no one really talks about, but I do, it does matter a lot to me, is just whether it's a full wraparound concourse or not. Because i I was surprised when I've been to a lot of them how many don't even have that. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean it can't be a nice park without it, but... When they do have it, that automatically bumps it up in my rankings quite a bit.
1: Makes sense. Alright. And they also asked, what is the worst stadium you have ever visited?
0: Um well for for each level, I'll do it that way, the worst one for each level. Okay. For major leagues, it's National's Park. Ooh. And that wasn't, even that, it wasn't that it was bad per se. There was just, there was literally no character at all to it. Ooh. And they even had the opportunity to put, like, the Washington Cap Monument or the Capitol in the backdrop. And instead, they just put, like, construction buildings. So
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. So, not much to write home to mom about with, with that ballpark. All so
0: right. Make that the worst major league. Um, for minor leagues, I'm going to say uh, Burlington Athletic Stadium the burlington royals which is now a summer collegiate mm-hmm. park but when i visited it was minor leagues uh, i did like the, the history of how i forget what city it was i think maybe danville but like the, literally the actual stadium was built for another team in another stadium
1: and oh. they sold
0: it and literally <laughs> packed it up in pieces and moved it to burlington oh i didn't know and, that uh, okay yeah uh, I think it was Danville where it came from. I'm not sure about that part. Well, yeah, Danville
1: and Burlington are right next to each other so, is what
0: it sounds yes, like. that would make so. sense. Okay. So it did kind of have that cool history, but, again, it just was so little to the ballpark itself. Uh, and then for college, I'm going to say uh, Bill Aker Baseball Complex, which is northern Kentucky's. Um, that literally okay. just felt like a place to play at softball. Recreational Um, softball app. Gotcha. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I was not impressed with that one. All right. Yeah. I'm going to say those ones.
1: Perfect. So, Mike, where can the listeners find you on social media?
0: Okay, on uh, Twitter. I am at PUK32Elders. And I actually have two Instagrams. One of (laughs) them is the same as that. And that's my personal one. And then I have a second one to document. To strictly just document my baseball travels. And that is uh, born underscore to, not the number, but T-O, then underscore baseball, because I was born to baseball. Uh, just my pictures of the stadiums and Hall of Fame, stuff like that I've been
1: All right. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Perfect. And during your baseball travels... What has been your favorite walk-up song, and whose was it?
0: It was at a Cincinnati Reds game of uh, Scott Rowland. And it's cool because I had never heard the song before in my life. I just heard him playing it, and it was, like, super catchy. I literally had to pull out my phone to Shazam it to find out what it was because he was just playing the instrumental part of it. Okay. It was Viva La Vida by Coldplay. And oh. the section of the instrumental part he played just like pumped me up and made me want to go out there and swing the bat so uh, since it was a reds game i went there often yeah uh, just look forward to scott Rowland coming up to bat just so i could hear the walk Song. something all right that was my favorite
1: sounds so. good man well thank you so much for taking the time uh to chat with me and yeah. this is perfect so i'll edit this and this will come out thursday morning um, so
0: looking forward to it. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, man. I of course I'll tag you um, everywhere on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that. Um, but yeah, man. Any uh, awesome. any questions for me before we sign off? Um,
0: actually, yes. There was one question I was going to ask you earlier, and I forgot. until you just now kind of brought it up right. um, when you you said you played our Worked for three different organizations. Uh, did you move to each of those cities because of getting a job at a new team, or did you just happen to move to those cities and you found jobs with new teams?
1: So, William Sport uh, was my hometown team, and I didn't really. I worked there f- full time as an intern for one summer. Um, so, I was just trying to find something to do after graduation that involved sports. So, um, and then, you know, fell in love with working in baseball there, and I I moved to Beloit to work for the Snappers. Now, the only way I was going to be able to make that work financially was I had a cousin that lived in Rockford, which is 30 minutes away, and he let me um, crash in his basement uh, for for six months, Um, and then... I moved to, um, you know, where the Delmarva Shorebirds play in Salisbury, Maryland. Um, and again, that was because I had gotten the job in Salisbury. But I was looking for another job in baseball um, on the East Coast to be closer to family and stuff like that. that so, um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, good question, though.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. we were talking about earlier. I just entered my mind, and, I, and then I just forgot as we <laughs> kept talking until so you just mentioned it. So yeah.
1: Right, right. Um, but yeah, man, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time, and no, uh, no and um, thank you for supporting the podcast. And Absolutely. Uh, yeah, man, just really appreciate it that you, you know you look forward to it every week and you listen to it yeah. and. Um, you know, you're always chiming in on Twitter. So, you know, just really appreciate you and the rest of the TARP crew for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. the shout-outs you give occasionally, and I enjoy listening to the ship.
1: Perfect, man. Well, thank you so much. Right.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah. You've listened to the Pulling Tart Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.